Well, hey, St. Mark's, it's great to be back with you on this Welcome Home Sunday. And I really love this parable of the great banquet from Luke chapter 14 that we're going to look at for just a few moments together. The big picture here is that Jesus has come to the world in order to invite each and every one of us, every man, woman and child, every person, wherever they are, to come home to God and to be in relationship with him in this life and in the life to come. And in this parable, we learn just how unexpected that invitation is, how kind God is in extending it, and how much he really wants all of us to be there. It's unexpected. God is radically kind and he's serious about wanting all of us to be there. So let me expand on those three points briefly. And then at the end, I'm going to ask you to consider where you stand in relation uh, to this amazing invitation that God has for you in your life. So firstly, just how unexpected the invitation to God's dinner party is. I don't know why you tend to host dinner parties. For me, it's usually because I want to try and gain something out of it. The first serious dinner party I ever hosted was to try and impress a girl. And I didn't really have any direct connection with her. So there was nothing else for it. I had to invite her and five other people round for dinner in a kind of covert operation so that I might be able to strike up some conversation with her. Well, let's just say that neither my career as a chef or that relationship went anywhere after that, but I did learn a new recipe at least. Other dinner parties I've hosted are for people like my boss and his wife, when I want to curry favor somehow, or even just for friends when we've done a kind of sort of come dine with me thing. I have never hosted a dinner party where I didn't expect to gain or at least not lose out by hosting it. But Jesus, has been going around the countryside, teaching and preaching on the streets and saying in the synagogues that that is not how God invites people. In God's kingdom, there's going to be lots of unexpected people. And people who thought that they might deserve to be there are actually going to miss out. Back in chapter 13, verses 29 and 30, Jesus says that they will come from all over east and west, north and south, and that some who were last will be first, and some who were first will be last. And then again in chapter 14, verses 12 to 14, Jesus repeats this principle that God's great banquet will be full of people who realise they can't return the favour and just accept the gift. But the Pharisee, in verse 15, doesn't like that idea. He's got Jesus over for dinner and with lots of people for an agenda. He wants to quiz Jesus and get to the bottom of whatever this nonsense is that Jesus has been saying. It's a classic transaction dinner party. But little does he realise the irony of the whole situation. Here is Jesus, the Son of God, come to earth to inaugurate the kingdom of God and through his death on the cross create a way for everyone, including this Pharisee, to enter. But the Pharisee is convinced that's not how it should work. 
So by way of answer, Jesus tells the parable, and this is where we zoom in on God's radical kindness. He said to him, a man, so that's God, once gave a great banquet and invited many. Okay, so this is a one-time thing. This is not come dine with me. It's really all about this one invitation to the most glorious banquet that you can ever imagine. And at the time for the banquet, he sent his servant, so that's Jesus, to say to those who had been invited, that's the Pharisees and others like him, come, for everything is now ready. The Messiah is here. Put your faith in him. But they all alike began to make excuses. I wonder if you're giving Jesus an excuse this morning. Well, the servant comes and says, everything is now ready. The food's been cooked. It's all good to go. You see, no one hosts a dinner party without considering how many guests to expect. So the servant has gone to the people who've kind of given a positive RSVP already. You know, like when you WhatsApp a person a couple of weeks in advance and you ask if they're free for dinner. And on that basis, who says yes, who says no, you cook what food is needed. Someone's gluten free. There's always one. Uh, You take care of it all. And then on the night, literally an hour before, they tell you that they can't come anymore. This is what's going on here. And of course, sometimes things come up, emergencies happen, and we can understand that. Apologies can be accepted. But that's not what's happening here. This is insulting to the master, and the excuses are absolutely preposterous. Much worse than my dog ate my homework. Someone says they bought a field and they must now go and see it. I mean, who buys property without knowing what they're buying and suddenly an hour before dinner decides now's the time to go and check that out? It's preposterous. The second person has bought five yoke of oxen and needs to go examine them. That's like saying, I've bought a car and I haven't looked at it. Right now, I just need to go and double check if it's got four wheels. It's ridiculous. And the third person culturally dishes out the biggest insult is um, I've just got married and I'm feeling like I need a few minutes together with my wife, if you know what I mean. Never mind that I'll see her later. I can't resist my physical urge right now and I'm going to put that ahead of whatever this banquet is. So the excuses are truly awful and there's no sense in which these people try to cover that up or offer any sort of apology. But the turning point of the whole story And this is where we see in verse 21, God's radical kindness. The servant came and said these things to his master. Then the master of the house became angry and said to his servant, go out quickly to the streets and lanes of the city and bring in the poor and the crippled and the blind and the lame. The master is angry but he expresses his anger through grace. They will come from all around. The first shall be last and the last shall be first. And the turning point will will be when God's anger is satisfied through grace, which is in fact exactly what happens at the cross. God's radical kindness. 
And then thirdly, just how serious God is about wanting all of us to be there. Some people are starting to come in and the master says, go get more and more and more. There is no end to my grace. There is no end to the blessing I want to pour out. And I know that there'll be lots of people who think they are unworthy to come into my house. But please, verse 23, go out and compel them. My house must be filled. Now, this word for compel sounds like it could be a little bit forceful, but the Greek is anonkazon, which is about loving persuasion. God wants um, the servant to go out and reason and lovingly persuade these people that this invitation really is for them. Make sure they know how much they are loved and that this invitation truly is for them. It's an absolutely amazing offer. This invitation is so unexpected. God is radically kind and he is so serious about wanting all of us to be there. So just as I close uh, this morning, I want to ask if you know how much you are loved by God and that this invitation is truly for you. It's a gift just waiting for us to accept and come home. From time to time, or even quite a lot of the time, we feel unworthy of God's love and that this kindness does not include us. But it does. God wants to lovingly woo and persuade you about that this morning. Come and see. Come home and see that he is good. Other times we make excuses and the excuses in this passage are pretty typical of excuses we often make in our lives. Things to do with material security, things to do with work commitments, even to do with relationships or urges and temptations that we sort of don't want to give up. And these things can all become preoccupations in our lives. And we never lift our eyes up and see what this life is really all about. Jesus has come to invite you to be part of God's kingdom and his Holy Spirit says the same thing to you this morning. You know, just imagine that guy looking out across the field he's purchased or the person looking up from examining the oxen for just a second and they see all these streams of people, these hundreds of people from across the city heading towards the master's house. And even in that moment, even then, it's not too late for them to join in the procession. But we don't know how it turned out for them. The question is, how's it going to turn out for you? Is this morning the morning for you to come home to God?